Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. This is Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two men were raised up by God to carry the gospel to their countrymen in pre-communist China in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. And they left us with a historically significant ministry of God's economy for the fulfillment of His eternal purpose in Christ. Witness Lee, before his death in 1997, completed this Life Study of the Entire Bible, we're happy to be able to bring you rich excerpts today from his spoken ministry, along with our fellowship and comments. And joining us once again for that is Francis Ball. Francis, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here in this wonderful book. Well, Francis, throughout this series of messages related to the law, as it was given by the Lord through Moses to his people Israel, Witness Lee has been using a metaphor to help convey two opposite functions of the law. This is an analogy to day and night. Between God and man, or between his word and man, it seems like there are always these two aspects. We've mainly been focusing on the day aspect of the law up until today. Why don't you give us a short explanation of how we're going to hear this analogy used in our portion today? Well, I believe we have to uh, really open our whole being up to listen to this program and be ready to receive some fresh light in this matter of the giving of the law. We've seen so much concerning its positive view, which you could say is the view of the day. But there is another side that he will open up today for us to see that there is a night side, a side that we uh, don't exactly feel comfortable with, but we need very much to have this side to realize where we are, who we are, and what we are. I remember hearing Witness Lee on several occasions when he was speaking, and he would say something to this effect, without black you really can't see white. And in this analogy, without the night, you can never really see and appreciate the day, can you? That's really true. And we have to realize that with God, he started out in the day. And with him, it's always day. But we'll see how we receive this law is what makes it night or day. And ultimately, God will be day. All the time will be day with him. And I think that's where we want to end up, is always in the day with him. Let's join Witness Lee for our first portion today. One basic point in the divine revelation that has been uh, neglected by readers of the Bible, that is, whatever God comes in to uh, have some contact with man, eventually it always has two sides. Because on the one side you have God, and on the other side you have man. I uh, mentioned a few times in Genesis 1, when God created the uh, plants and the animals, everything was ordained to be after its kind. The peach tree has to be after 
the kind of the peach tree. A dog has to be after the kind of a dog. Every creature has its own kind. But when God created man, yes, man was human, not divine, but you have to realize the human mankind was eventually after God's kind. You see the point? Man himself doesn't have a kind. Man was made after the likeness of God and in the image of God. So when man came out, man was one with God on God's side. Between man and God, strictly speaking, there were not two parties. There were not two kinds. There were only one kind, because man is after God's kind. But the serpent came in. Before the fruit of the tree of knowledge got into man's flesh, the devilish thought got into human mind already. So mankind got fallen. The devilish thought entered into the human mind. Then the human mind took side with the devil. He acted according to the devil's thought and word. Then the devil's nature entered into man's flesh. Then what? Then that devilish thought and the devilish nature separated man from God's sight. You have to see this. So, from the fall, man became no more after God's kind. Man became after whose kind? Eventually, the Bible tells us every sinner is a small serpent. Then, the New Testament tells us clearly that all the fallen people are the children of the devil, even the offsprings of the vipers. So, the fallen mankind became another kind of creature, not the kind of creature that was after God's kind, but now still a kind of creature but no more after God's kind, but after the devil's kind. Well, Francis, probably all Christians and, well, all Jews too, know that man was created in the image and likeness of God. And I think we accept that and are quite happy about it. What we've heard today, though, is a little bit more difficult to take and even to understand, and that is that this creature created in God's image and likeness, or we could say after God's kind, can, in another view, be an expression of another kind, the kind of Satan. This is kind of a hard word, Francis. Help us understand how we can make this transition. This is a very important distinction because we were created, according to Genesis 1 and 2, in the image of God and after his likeness. But many times people read the Bible and they hear the word of God and they don't realize that man actually fell There's a night side to man that is a negative side, a dark side, because Satan got into him and damaged him. And I believe this was covered somewhat in our message today. But what we need to realize is that when we fell, we got something of Satan's nature 
into our being. When I say we, I mean all of mankind fell in Adam. Sin came in through Adam. And therefore, this negative aspect or this satanic nature got into man. And even the Lord Jesus said to Peter on one occasion, Get behind me, Satan. Now, for a real follower of the Lord Jesus to be called Satan means that there's still something in even those believers who believed in the Lord and were with him physically, something still in them that was the action or the expression of God's enemy, Satan. All of us who were created in the image and likeness of God have also had this damage done to our being to the extent that we in ourselves and in our fallen nature express Satan instead of God. Francis, I think most people, even most Christians, have had the experience of events leading up to a reaction that would take place in us and something pops out and it's so ugly and so vile, surely we know that's not God. And even, I think we would have the thought, that's really not even me. Who was that? This is something that will help illustrate this expression of this other person, this other kind that is in us. That's right. And I'm very conscious of that being in me at times when I just explode with something that I know I didn't think this up. It came from one who's inside of me in my flesh. But I thank the Lord there is another one inside of me that is God himself recovering me back to be his expression. Well, of course, this has a good precedent. We heard the Apostle Paul say the very same thing in Romans 7, didn't we? That's right. He said, it's not I, but the sin that dwells in me. And that sin is personified, so it's in us. Francis, I'd like to say a short word as a kind of a background or foundation for what we're going to hear in this coming section. In this portion, Witness Lee is speaking about a distinction between Jacob and Israel, and this really relates back to something that was presented in the life study of Genesis. The last half of Genesis is primarily devoted to one person, and that is Jacob. And Jacob represents all of us in our natural, fallen, in his case, a very conniving person. But over the course of time, as God dealt with him, something marvelous happened in him, and his life and nature were transformed so that at the end of Genesis, he's now called Israel, the Prince of God. Let's join Witness Lee. When God brought the children of Israel to Mount Sinai, and all the children of Israel there, you please tell me, were they after the kind of God or after the kind of Satan? Uh, this kind of question is always a little tricky. Uh, well, I like to refer to you one verse. Verse 3 of chapter 19 in Exodus. And Moses went up unto God, and Jehovah called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to, have you noticed this? To two kinds of peoples. Firstly, to the house of Jacob. You have the conjunction and here. And tell the children of Israel. Here it means, yes, one race there. But in the eyes of God, two peoples there. One is the house of Jacob, the title of a people that were after the kind of the devil. But at the same time, among the Jewish race, there was another people, which 
God himself called the children of Israel, the descendant of the king of God. Israel means what? A prince of God. I tell you, now you can see all the Israelis were there. But in the eyes of God, two peoples. One was the house of Jacob. After the kind of the devil, Satan. And the other uh -huh, was a people which was called the children of Israel. Now, let me ask you, where was Moses? No doubt, we all have the bonus to say, children of Israel. Amen. Then, how about Aaron? Uh-huh. Just like many of us, in the morning, <laughs> we were among the children of Israel. Oh, after the whole day's work, you came back home even tonight. Arriving home 6.30, you thousand percent became little Jacob. In the morning, you are one prince of God. But after this one day's exalting brought you back to your old status. Now you have to understand since the fall of man, whenever God came in to have some contact with man, always man's situation meant something. Whether this contact of God with man will be in the day, I will be in the light. The deciding factor is not on God's side. God is light. So with God, there's no night. We came out of the night. We were there due to our fall, but God's salvation brought us into the day. But until we enter New Jerusalem, all the time will be first night, then day, and then another night, another day, another night, another day. I repeat again, whenever God had a contact with man, this contact is always made of two sides. Not by God as a factor, but by man as a factor. With Moses, the law was in the day. But with the house of Jacob, my, not only the giving of the law was in the night. Even the function of the law was also in the night. So, we must realize where we stand when we come to face God's contact. God is here. Your status, your situation, your condition, and your standing become a strong factor. It all depends on you. If you are a person in the night, surely this will be a nice thing to do. If you are a person in the day, surely this will be something full of light. Francis, I really like this point about these two titles referring to the nation of Israel in Exodus 19, verse 3. The house of Jacob and the children of Israel. God's people, and that includes us, can either be Jacob, the night dweller, or Israel, God's prince in the daytime. 
Francis, God is unchanging. We know this. With him, there's no darkness. We know this as well. He's only light in his being. So then our condition is what determines whether it is a daytime or a nighttime experience with him. How can we extend our daytime? Well, I think this is something we would all like to uh, know how to experience, how to extend our daytime. No one likes to be in the night except those who are of the night. And the Bible does make a distinction, and it happens to be that this Jacob, you mentioned the house of Jacob, and this Israel, you mentioned the children of Israel, Jacob and Israel are the same person. I think everyone acquainted with the Bible would realize that. But Jacob is in his fallen condition in his nighttime. What he hears from God, he hears it in the way of a night thing that we've been seeing unfolded in this life study so far. But Israel is his transformed condition. This is the daytime person. And we all, as believers, we have these two existences. We are sometimes in the night in our old, fallen, natural condition. And sometimes we're in the day in our enjoyable time when we enjoy the Lord. We're living one with the Lord. We're in fellowship with the other Christians. We're enjoying the Bible. All these things are part of our daytime existence. And we like to know, I believe from what you said, we like to know how to extend this time. Well, the secret is what part of our being can be really called the children of Israel? We got born again after we were already born into our natural family, our physical family, and our fallen humanity. But after that, we got born again by God getting into our spirit and giving life to our spirit. That's the deepest part of our being. So to extend our daytime experiences, we need to learn how to remain in our spirit, how to walk in the spirit, how to pay attention to that inner voice within our spirit. This way we can extend our days. I'm afraid most of us spend uh, too many times in the nighttime and not enough in the daytime. And this all depends on how we take God's Word, whether with our spirit exercised or with our trying to figure it out with our mind and trying to figure out what we should do to please God with our natural strength. No, our time in the daytime is when we're really one with God, taking His Word by exercising the deepest part of our being, which the Bible calls our human spirit indwelt by the Spirit of God. Then we're in the day. So the more we can stay in the Spirit, the more we can exercise our spirit, the longer our day will be and the shorter our night will be. I could relate to his description. And at times in the morning, we wake up, maybe we have a good solid time in the Word, a good time of prayer with the Lord. We really are the children of Israel. But by the time the day comes to an end at 5 or 6 or 7 o'clock and we roll home, we're very much in the house of Jacob, aren't we, Francis? It's even wonderful if you last that long. (laughs) Well, Francis, we've got a very uh, insightful section coming. I think we've got a lot of light today, and there's still more to come. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. You have to know, in the first part of chapter 19, it was in the day. There was no smoke. There was no fire. There was no earthquake. There was no terrifying. There was no shaking. There was no trembling. Everybody was present, including God. That was altogether a day dealing. Just because they answered 
something that indicated they didn't know themselves, didn't know where they stood. That offended God. Whatever I say, you will do it? Okay. You just cannot do it. You need my mercy. You better say, Oh, Lord, have mercy upon us. Lord, you know, we are a rebellious people. We are the house of Jacob, and we have just this teeth neck. We are this kind of people. Lord, just have mercy. Oh, how we thank you for the past. We thank you for the wings of the eagle. We thank you for your selection. We thank you for your good choice. Not up to us, but up to you. You have chosen us to be your particular possession, to be your personal property. Lord, we don't trust in ourselves. We look into your mercy. We trust in your mercy, Lord. Then this will keep the night away. This will prolong the day. Now we are one. Where are we one? At the Mount of God. The Bible is the Mount of God to us. It is a day matter. But the same mountain may become Mount Sinai to you. At Mount Sinai, you couldn't see God. You couldn't receive any revelation, any vision from God. But surely you will receive an exposure. Exposure of what you are, where you stand, and so forth. You will receive a kind of a revelation concerning God's forbidden boundary. You can realize Moses can enter in, but not you. So, different peoples in different distances with Mount Herb. At least you have three classes. Moses, on the top of the Mount of God, being infused with God. Then, in the middle part, it's not too high, nor too low. Where Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and some the elders on the mountain, worshiping God afar off. And they were watching. You see? Then the children of Israel at the bottom of the mountain, standing afar off. Aaron and those who were better, they were worshiping. And they were watching. And these are, were standing afar off and trembling. One is under the infusion, and the others under the watching, and some others under trembling. Where are you? Are you being infused? Or are you watching over? Or are you trembling? It depends. Where are you? Where you stand? Well, Brother Francis, I think all of us can relate at least a little bit to the experience of the nighttime. And I don't think any of us enjoy that and very much appreciate this kind of word to help us stay away from the night and to always be, or as much as possible, be in the daytime in our experience of Christ and in his word. This is shocking, Francis, when we first come to realize that even our telling the Lord, okay, I will do it, when we hear the commandment or get the demand, this may be enough to bring us into the night. Almost without fail, this will bring us into the night because this is just opposite of what God wants to hear. If we uh, hear the command given and we're like the children of Israel were when they got the uh, commandments, they said, whatever the Lord says, we will do. Well, it's easy to see when you go into those chapters in Exodus 
That kind of attitude on the part of the children of Israel, I would say, infuriated God. It really was not what he wanted to hear. God wants to hear us say, not, I can do it. I'll do better next time. No, he wants to hear us say, Lord, I need your mercy. I'm not able to carry out what you say. Only as you put yourself into me and your life grows in me, and I experience you as my life and am dependent on you, can I do anything. Of myself, I can do nothing. And the Lord Jesus reminded us of this again in John 15. He said, without me, you can do nothing. I'm afraid, Chris, many of us do a lot of nothing. It just doesn't count as anything with God because it's out from ourself. What God wants us to do is to live by another life. We need to be like the Apostle Paul when he said, for to me to live is Christ. We want to learn to live Christ. This will keep us in the daytime and this will keep us in the enjoyment of the Lord. What a wonderful way to get in and stay into the day. I want to live Christ all the time. Me too. For me to live is Christ. Thank you, Francis. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Did you know that you can now enjoy the writings of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee on your PC or Mac, tablet, e-reader, or smartphone? Just go to lsm.org slash ePublications to find out more. Again, that's lsm.org slash ePublications. And thanks for listening today.